Now let's start the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the honorifics, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, the partners, spouses, and partners in crime, both literal and metaphorical. This is Bailey Perceda, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. All right. Hello, hello. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. If you are unfamiliar with my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames. No, no. Uh, He's actually been on the show. You just may not have heard him because he was on the exclusive Patreon bonus episodes. Steve Dean, everybody, is on the podcast this week. And uh, I know that sounds like a porn star name, but no, he's just an online dating consultant. I shouldn't say just. Uh, he is a, a fantastic online dating consultant. Going to share him with you on a bit. But first, no show dates uh, to promote right now at this moment in time. Next week, next Wednesday, though, November 29th, I want to see y'all tune in at 3 p.m. Eastern time to the Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout. That is, uh, that is the time of the month where I like to log on to Facebook Live, answer your questions, update you about stuff, and have a cool conversation. That is, of course, on the Man Whore Podcast fan page. All right. Uh, I Oh, I want to say uh, a thank you to Austin because, oh, wow, oh, man, uh, <laughs> y- y- y'all have heard me reference many times on this podcast that I have shoes with holes in them that's because it's very often true even when i buy a new pair a few months later those shoes have holes in them too i don't know if that's an endorsement of converse or not it's like is it an endorsement of converse because i like their shoes so much i will buy them once a year to replace the ones that have holes or is it bad because they get holes in them very easily i don't know so this this guy Austin emails me. He's like, "Oh, dude, uh, can can I please buy you a pair of Converse? Pick out any pair you like." And I'm like, "Any pair?" He's like, "Any pair." So I found my own blue suede shoes because, as y'all know, blue is my favorite color, uh, and blue is also the warmest color. If uh, you want to watch a an independent film that looks like a lesbian porno directed by a man. You can watch blue is the warmest color, but blue is my favorite color. Blue and they're suede. So I'm like, oh, these are perfect date night shoes because it will look like I put effort into dressing up. So uh, they came in. They fit perfectly. They look cool. They feel nice. So I wanted to say thank you, Austin, for that. I uh, I get very uncomfortable asking for Christmas presents, uh, like specific presents. Because in my family, they always ask me around Christmas time, what is it that I want for Christmas? I say, oh, Christmas is supposed to be about the spirit of giving and being appreciative of family and blah, blah, blah. So I'll be happy for whatever you get me. That's always been my attitude towards Christmas. For my birthday, here's a fucking list. Like birthdays that I always thought I always treat birthdays as the time to cash in. I didn't know I needed a Jesus figure to score exactly what I want. So I uncomfortably 
have act have made a holiday wish list. It's a cute little graphic. I took a couple hours making it because I have too much free time on my hands. So uh, this will this graphic is on manwhorepod.com. It's also plastered on my social media. It's on my Facebook page uh, for the Manor Podcast. It's on my Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to do something nice for me for the holidays, here's a list of things. I have even made little categories that range from free, free things you can do, uh, all the way up to life changing. So, I mean, I don't know what is something. I mean, in the free category, you can just leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or like follow me on social media. Right? That that's a great thing to do. Uh, there's affordable stuff like uh, uh, buy me sellers of Catan. I need a floor lamp, like a standing floor lamp in my bedroom. Uh, you can buy me something like a book off my Amazon wish list. There's generous, which is like a next level up. So somebody wants to give me like an Apple TV, I'm not going to say no. Uh, and life-changing, which could be like a bed because literally the, the one of the gals I'm seeing right now, uh, we broke my bed twice in one night. And so I think this thing is literally on its last three legs. So, you know, like if you want to get me something nice, cool. If not, no big deal. I hope you will all at least take a peek at the free options because those things will mean so much to me and they cost you literally zero dollars to do. Uh, so again, it's on uh, all my social media, manorpod.com. Ew, I feel disgusting. I just asked for presents. So like I should go fuck myself. Instead of buying me a present, why don't you go buy yourself a present? Go get yourself a Manor Podcast t-shirt. You'll see a link in the show notes. And yeah. All right. Uh, this, this intro has gone out of control. I've been so good recently on keeping the intros like short, tight, concise. Like if they were longer, at least they were tight. This one's just off the rails. I don't know what's going to get edited out. Uh, I got a couple emails, a couple uh, emails for you. Okay. As you remember, a couple weeks ago, I was asking for recommendations from you, the listeners, on how we, whores and sluts alike, should celebrate my 200th episode of the Man Whore Podcast. Yeah, this is Ep 189. Ep 200's around the corner. It's coming up in the spring. How should we celebrate? So one person emailed... I, and I'm still taking suggestions, but right now I got this one uh, This one from Owen. He writes, why not play user-submitted audio clips of 200 orgasms? Like a montage. You know, we all know how auditory sex can be. Personally, five seconds of strong moaning will get me more fired up than a handful of booby pics. People could send in whatever audio clips, solo, couples, gangbangs, not that compilations are terribly original, but the community behind the project would be powerful and hot. So what about you people? Huh? Uh, what, what, what ideas do you have for episode 200? Shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Or if you like the 200 orgasms idea, that, that could work too. Uh, I got this other one from Tom. Subject line, pulled the trigger. Uh, Tom writes, just a quick thanks for all that you do. I finally pulled the trigger on the Patreon contribution. And yes, like many others, I'm sure the Oral Auditions podcast put me over the edge. I don't think you officially said on the podcast that it was actually her audio as filler until the following podcast. Mind blown. Great work. Keep being you, brother. But while I have you, uh, a, a small suggestion 
you might suggest that listeners use the leftover balance on those pesky gift cards to throw Patreon dollars your way. Great way to clean out the wallet and pay Billy at the same time. Win-win. Sincerely, Tom G. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for the kind words and also the like really hip suggestion. I know I, you know, around January, February have all these like leftover. You end up with like several of these gift cards that all have like balances that range from like one to five dollars, right? Throw it down on the Patreon. Send it my way. I'll be very happy for it. Good idea, sir. On to this week's guest, Steve Dean. Steve has been on the podcast before, actually. Uh, Steve did a lot of bonus episodes a little over a year ago. He showed up. I was like, hey, let's do like four mini episodes, like four 10-minute episodes on different online dating topics. We did four, like, half hour. We recorded, like, three hours of content. All of those are available exclusively on Patreon as bonus episodes of varying reward levels. And uh, he was just so fantastic. Just the dude's very knowledgeable about online dating and, and really smart strategies to stand out in what is a very saturated dating marketplace. But he's also got, t- got tips for, like, offline dating, too. Uh, dude's, a, like, just a good dating resource. Thought I'd have him back on for a full show for all of you. So we talk a lot about, you know, first date ideas, uh, relationship anarchy, online dating profiles, and the like. I think you're really going to enjoy him. Would love to hear uh, your feedback on it. And if you want to get more Steve Dean, head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. He's got four $5 episodes and one $10 episode available. Plus tomorrow, I'm releasing another bonus episode with Steve because you know what? He's just that great. But now, me with dateworking.com's very own Steve Dean. Let's see what we coax out of you today. Yeah, I'm (laughs) curious what new things we'll be able to cover. Yeah, well, last time, uh, and I'll I'll say right up front, you know, we're talking right now with Steve Dean, who's uh, a fantastic, he's an online dating consultant, both for like if you, like an online dating coach, if you're looking for help with your online dating, but an online dating consultant, if you're like trying to start a dating app or you work at a dating app, uh, he, he's great with helping you with like user experience and how to make your app better. Um, and so you did uh, a series of Patreon bonus episodes last year, which you all can access at patreon.com slash man podcast. Uh, we talked about like how to pick like the right picture and how to pick the right app for you. And, you know, d- you know first date ideas and how to go from, uh, offline, uh, online to offline, some some great topics like that. But today I was like, ah, oh, let's talk to let's talk to Steve again, and let's see, let's learn a little bit more about him. <laughs> um, and w- one of the questions I always ask in the pre-interview, I always go, so, and what's your relationship status? And you just had a really deep breath, like you took a deep breath. I was like, that's good, perfect answer. A deep breath. That's that's your answer. <laughs> we'll get into it. What was that about? So it's always really hard to properly describe for people, you know, what my current status is because I'm at any given moment dating a number of people in relationships with a number of people. Um, and just depending on how we've defined what it is that we have between me and any given other partner, uh, it completely changes what someone's expectations might be. So like, let's say, I have a partner now who I see roughly every two to three years. We're almost always long distance. And our general MO is that we communicate 
you know, when we need to, or when it's when we find something particularly relevant to one another. And we're not occupying too much of each other's attentional energy most of the year. But when we know we're going to be in the same city, we immediately get really excited. And then suddenly it's like reunion time. Um, and so how like, long has that, that relationship been a thing? Um, at this point, it's been about five years. Okay. So, like, so you've only seen her like maybe two or three times. Um, probably like six or seven at this point. Yeah, and then okay. when we do see each other, it could be for you know a few days or weeks at a time. Um, cause like we'll be in the same city. So we'll be like, Oh, Hey, like crash at my space. Sure. You know, I'm always happy to see you as long as you are in town. And if you were here 24 seven, we'd be in much, like what much, much more looks like a traditional relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, logistics are logistics and you can't do much about that most of the time. What's interesting is a lot of people, they'll put themselves in those relationships and they keep the, um, the need for attention or they'll use a lot of their emotional energy still for that relationship. It sounds like you guys were like, yeah, like we'll use it when we need to, but we're not going to be the type where we make sure we Skype once a week or and we text every day despite the distance. You guys are like, yeah, the distance. When when we're together, when we want to talk to each other, going to be awesome. Till then, like let's not like over, I don't know, overuse our mind for it. Yeah, this makes me think that quality time may not be as strongly my love language <laughs> because like I don't need to spend that much time with any given person. It's more when we do spend time together, do we have that moment or that series of moments where we feel like we can genuinely connect, mm. where I personally feel like I can be extremely vulnerable and tell this person anything? Uh, I feel like there's like that for me is much more powerful in terms of when I like start thinking about who I care most about or who I really resonate with. It's oftentimes the people who not necessarily are with me every day, but people who I know that I can trust to hear you know, all of the gory details of like what's going through my mind, what I'm feeling, and can he- hear that with empathy, with care. Uh, who, you know, I, I just feel like that's something that makes me feel much more secure in a relationship, knowing that I have that person to, as like my right hand person who's always there to be able to listen or offer a really critical perspective, um, not just someone who happens to show up regularly. Yeah. But as a polyamorous person, you have like other people you can date and get like all those other perspectives as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you also said you described yourself as like a almost a relationship anarchist. Yeah, I think. Which mostly, I think a lot of people still don't understand what that phrase even means. Do you want to try to like uh, explain it? I'm not sure that relationship anarchists even necessarily know what it means. They're like, it's not supposed to have a meaning. <laughs> as soon as it has a meaning, it means you're not doing it right. For me, <laughs> it's the closest thing I could come to up with that seems to capture the greatest I guess, variance within my relationships so like if you think about the one like i have people that i see almost every day i have partners who i see when i'm in their city i have partners who i'm i haven't met yet but we've been chatting online for years and like we know we will meet when the time is right and like when we actually find each other in the same place i have some people i've met one time had like a really intense like one or two day fling with and then we've maintained connections ever since but they're once again like in a different country and it's like okay i won't see you until somehow we cross paths again but that doesn't mean that what we have isn't special and it doesn't mean that it won't immediately be reactivated the minute we're back in the same time zone yeah and you don't do one of those like those buzzfeed buzzwords that they've been like coming up with like benching or uh let's say the one they came up with recently uh submarining okay oh, uh, he's like weird like hey we need an article can we come up with a fake her dating term and then write a think piece on it uh but like the benching was one where it's like you keep them just connected enough that when you're ready to like fuck or date again you know you can like hit them up 
Yeah, that's always struck me as being kind of like not even just inefficient, but really annoying. Um, the way I like to approach that kind of thing, like I, I do social integration very quickly with the people that I'm mm. dating. Like I look at everyone as like a full stack person. They're not just person I'm dating. They're also business professional. They're also um, like good family member. They're also someone who aspires to change the world in a special way, whatever it is that, you know, falls in line with what they're already pretty good at or what they want to become good at. And so knowing that it's really easy for me to then say, Oh, like partner number one, partner number two, you need to meet each other. Like you're both working on really cool things. And even just now, like a partner of mine this morning introduced me to one of her other partners who is in town this week. And She's just like, dude, you're both photographers. You're both, you both have like really interesting ways of looking at the world, both visually and, you know, intellectually. So you should meet, like you should take this opportunity. And the fact that that's the kind of, like, that's not benching. Like she didn't bench this partner for, you know, a few months or years at a time. It's more, you know, when the right opportunity comes up where you know that this person who you care about will definitely get along with someone else you introduce them. So it's kind of like weaving this social network of all of these different people who are sometimes partners, sometimes not. But the fact of the matter is they're people and they're people you care about. And so whether or not they're your current or active sexual partner, that's not as relevant as to whether or not you just care about them as a person and want to see a world in which the people you care about are all in some ways intertwined when they want to be. Yeah. You keep using the word, you like the word partner more than say like girlfriend or anything like that. Um, I think partner is a safer catch-all. Safer catch-all. So that's you being safe. But, I mean, do you have a preference more than the safer option? Um, If people wouldn't get offended, would you say my girlfriends, my girlfriends? uh, I feel like girlfriend societally tends to imply one. Uh And if I said my girlfriends, people might think I'm just using that weird colloquialism for... Uh, like my gal pals yeah my gal pals something like that and i feel <laughs> he cracked the slightest smile and anytime you get steve to smile i'm like mm, got him yes <laughs> oh, yeah it's, it's hard I, I remember i was on a comedy show once and it was <laughs> was this great love debate or a different thing? it was and i don't know that i smiled the whole time like i i, I tend to think really intensely about what i'm gonna say and uh-huh. so it's i oftentimes like i forget that you know like i have this face and body yeah. that also should be communicating to the people some and non-verbals maybe i should stick to podcasting yo boy you should smile more no um <laughs> no but yeah i think um for me partner and he went right to, back in <laughs> partner tends to work a lot better because if i say girlfriend like a because of relationship anarchy if that's what i'm gonna go with you know you don't really have these titles that whether they're honorifics or not like Mm. there's no formal titles in relationship anarchy and so i'm not going to say girlfriend or even partner is not it's not a title necessarily it's more just kind of like a casual descriptor Uh, i feel like girlfriend is more of a thing that counts as a title you know if i if i if i walked into a bar with you and i said you know i'm here with my boyfriend people be like, like you would have the option to be like uh what 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 are you talking about like but technically, yeah, it's, it's a, he's a boy and he's my friend. Why is he not a boyfriend? What's wrong with that? Society is wrong. Society's, <laughs> society's always what's wrong with it. Uh, where, where's your mind, you know, how, how did you come to be thinking this way about relationships and, and dating and such? I think part of it might even be that I hang out with a lot of uh, computer engineers and software engineers. Um, and so I end up, a lot of their ways of thinking about the world tend to 
rub off and like the lexicon that they use when it comes to, you know, they're talking about um, how computers work and binary systems and um, all sorts, like, you know, like that kind of language, when you apply it to human relationships, it tends to make them seem a lot more understandable um, simply because a lot of current relationship talk is around feelings and around these like amorphous, like, oh, this, this feels right or... I'm in, I'm out, I don't know, something's... That that was good sometimes, it's bad sometimes. It's like all of these... It doesn't really capture that much. There you, are these intangible... Yeah, talking about so emotions intangible. is intangible. And when you're trying to parse through, like, okay, I'm in this relationship. I just had a, an issue come up with a friend who... um, He... Or she is dating a startup founder. And so she's currently in the boat of, like, this guy spends every waking hour working and i never get to like see him in my relationship anymore and i'm really frustrated by this um and she doesn't really know how to address it like what should she bring up like can we spend more time together should like it should should she be faulting him for you know caring passionately about the thing he's dedicated his life right. to uh where does she stand in this and so i think when if she's just looking at it using emotional language like that's one thing um and i think that it, it can be really effective when you just say like hey i'm feeling really hurt right now um I feel like I'm not getting the kind of attention I used to get. But when you apply a different lexicon, sometimes it helps frame things in a way that makes your actions or your choices much more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would frame it as something like attentional allocation and what percentage of his time he's choosing to allocate to the startup versus to the relationship. Hold up. We're going to go get a, a thesaurus real quick so we can... <laughs> <laughs> oh it gets worse because then there's also like the priority stack so yeah. and this is like in software it's more or less like what are, what is the order of operations in which um something's getting done uh even like magic the gathering drawing from that world you mm. know, the, the card game there's like the stack which is basically if you try to all play something at the same time then they all have to resolve in an order otherwise it's just a clusterfuck so like when you think about relationships and a human priority stack, like what does that look like? So that's basically saying, you know, if something comes up, like let's say you get four calls in a row at this or at the same time, it's like one's the girlfriend, one's the mother, one is the job, you know, which one are you going to answer? And if all of them say, I need you to do something right now, which one are you going to choose? Because sometimes, which one do you choose? Um, I try to insert a little bit of quirky randomness into it so that you can <laughs> baby it, it wasn't my decision. I rolled the dice I rolled a <laughs> I rolled a five it said I had to call uh, talk to my mom first I'm sorry I, gi- I even gave you the best I gave you a seven I give you the best ch- odds, but uh that's who I gotta talk to now, I think what helps is when you can stack things together, so there's not just the priority stack, but there's also this concept of stacking so like if you think of do I do something that makes money or do I do something that makes me happy? If you find something that makes you happy while making money, then you've stacked them together and you've solved the problem. It used to be this And binary. that's why I want to be a male escort. There I don't go. understand. <laughs> oh, no, no. This goes back like when I was a kid, I was in high school and I was thinking about my career. You know, they're asking you like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I used to give an answer that kind of threw people off because I was like, well, I really like computers and I really like porn. So will you say this in school? Yeah, to like the administrators. So I said, like, I want to be. Well, you're you're talking to the administrators after your teacher sent you to the administrators. (laughs) He's talking about porn in my classroom. Can you talk to him? (laughs) So I was actually like helping run the school system. We were being trained to be a sysadmin. 
which is like a really good starting job. And we were doing that in high school because it was like a tech school. And uh, so they'd ask and I'd be like, well, I want to be a sysadmin for a porn site because like it combines both of the worlds that I find kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up doing that because I, I ultimately decided that I didn't want to have to deal with a, a Windows PC ever again after sure. <laughs> once Vista came out. <laughs> but that's a, that's a, another day. <laughs> that's a that's yeah, apparently. <clears throat> oh, my God, my voice. Do you do you need water? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll take some. Okay, cool. Uh, where, by the way, where, where do you come from? Like, what? what's how? Because like you're you you have this like computer programming language, this love for porn in high school that you're openly saying to school administrators. You're an online dating coach, and you're this poly relationship anarchist guy. How does that happen? Like, what what happened? As a like, where where did you discover this? Let's see. I grew up in a one square mile town that was predominantly Catholic. And I don't know if you want to inject any thoughts about what it means to grow up Catholic. I don't oh, know. I've been there. <laughs> um, beyond that, I went to Catholic school for 16 or so years. Maybe that's maybe 10 years. What is it? Kindergarten through 12th grade. However many that is. Um, it was an all male school, so that certainly made things more interesting, or at least left my thoughts to always be, you know, as, as a straight male in a, an all male school, there's certainly, you can't really turn to your classmates for any form of sexual release. Or yeah, least. but when did the hormone monster hit you and you were like, tits? Um, that was probably age 10. Um, I think that was when I first started actively trying to date. Not necessarily successfully, okay. but yeah, sure. You know, like my my mental well, models about the world were not exactly well formed at age ten. What was one of your earliest like asking a girl out on a date when you were ten? Um, it's really hard to understand what dating like. It, it's my dating life is as complex now as it probably was then. Oh gosh, um, were you poly at ten? That's super evolved. It wasn't <laughs> so much poly as much as you know. It was things didn't have much definition. You know, like. You see someone, you talk to them a couple times, you hold hands once, and then suddenly, like, everyone in school is like, are you two girlfriend-boyfriend now? And it's hard to say, like, uh, we, we never had that talk, you know? Like, there's, we haven't communicated through that. We hold hands on occasion. Like, how about we be descriptive of what we are rather than trying to, like, append some sort of word or phrase to it to capture what it is so like the description would be we hold hands on occasion in the schoolyard we share snacks at recess and we actually didn't talk that much because we weren't sure what to talk about you know it's hard to say what a 10 year old relationship looks like you know like i think it's really just we, we would cuddle in a corner and hold hands during recess that was the extent of that first one i like to imagine that you're you explained all that you started off with like crowd of people being like oh my god you guys boyfriend girlfriend but by the time you were done with the talk like you look up and and we the the camera zooms out and there's no one there but you're still finishing your explanation (laughs) that tends to be a really powerful way of explaining things to family so like i remember my family after college um this is when i it was right after, right during my last semester at college that I started, um, the, not even poly life. This is just simply non-monogamous life. I entered my first open relationship. I didn't identify as poly because I thought that meant you have to like be able to say I love you with multiple people and mean it. Uh, 
And I was still not really in that boat. I was more just like, you know, I have some partners already grandfathered into this relationship. Grandfathered in. Well, they're like, they're <laughs> study buddies that I would hook up with on occasion. And they're like really good people. But like, we had no degree of like romantic interest. Sure. It was simply, you know, like, you're a warm body. You're awesome to be oh, around. You're a warm body. <laughs> hey, in the winter time, <laughs> this is what cuffing season's all about. It's like, oh shit, it's getting cold out. I need someone warm nearby. I need a little space heater. I just hope you don't tell your clients like to ever describe her as a warm body. Yeah. They're like, I know she is, but don't say it. It doesn't work well. No, I mean, these are, these are people I was like friends with for years, but I was in a monogamous relationship for most of college. And then, mm. uh, once that relationship ended, my partner and I, we literally like high fived and we're like, Hey, um, so we are now each other's best possible wing people for our last year at college. Like my, my ex from college. How, how'd that happen? Why'd you guys break up? Um, you know, we just ran the relationship ran its course. It was two and a half years of monogamy in a scenario where like, there's people who we were attracted to all around us. And we just got to the point where like, we didn't feel we were growing at the same rate we expected to. And so we mutually decided like, Hey, I think it's probably best that we start seeing other people. In fact, you know, there's these people I had on my radar and <laughs> wait. So, uh, was it opening up the relationship or no, was it no, to was, like break up? We definitively broke up. And whose idea was it first? Um, everyone goes like it was mutual. Yeah. But someone brought it up. <laughs> so she was the one who showed the earliest signs of dissatisfaction and frustration where, I guess we, we had tried a lot of different things sexually. We tried a lot of different things like date wise. And it just got to the point where, you know, like we, we weren't as compatible as we had been previously. We were changing into different people. And that was, you know, through just us pursuing our own interests, us, you know, doing the things we care about. And we started to recognize it. And she started to feel a little bit more, you know, just she wasn't engaged. You know, like when you kiss someone and they're not kissing back as strongly yeah. or like they're you want to plan something and they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, that's cool. And then you're just like, you know what? This is, I'm not feeling the kind of love or care that. You're not you feeling know. that spark anymore. Yeah, it's like, I respect you too much as a person to ever find myself in a situation where I would resent you for this. So I'd rather just end this now. We don't need to be confined to this relationship simply because we previously had it and enjoyed it. You know, if it's no longer enjoyable, then we simply, you know, talk about it, we say. And so I brought it up. Like one day, um, she like we, we we had hooked up and then it was just like it wasn't it i totally knew at that point i was like okay this i'd never want to have to have an experience like that again with someone that i care about where like they're totally not as into it as i would have expected mm. um and so i basically brought it up and i said hey um i think it's like it's about that time you know I, it really hurts to say it but i can feel that you're not as into this and i and I told her, like, I don't, I respect you too much to ever hold you into a relationship that you didn't fully want to be in and that wasn't challenging you at the optimal rate. But yeah, we broke up and then three days later we moved in together. What? Wait, wait. <laughs> because we broke up in a, such a clean way. It was just like, I respect you so much. I care about your sexual and emotional happiness. And, and now like, let's sign a legal document together. <laughs> it was just a summer thing. Like, sure. we, we had both planned to live together during the summer and then... You know, breaking up made it a little bit more mm. complicated, but at the same time, like it forced me to start quickly recategorizing and understanding like, okay, she's a sexual being. She has her own needs and they're going to want to be fulfilled in various ways with various people. So. Now, did y'all hook up during that summer? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Did you guys high five like you did when you broke up? No? Um, Very fun. To it, it was a different kind of high five, but kind of high definitely five. Um, it was... 
I would consider it something that was kind of beautiful. Like we still have so much respect for each other. We're still friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you also hook up to this day? No, I mean, she, we haven't been in the same city in a long time. Okay. Um, but yeah, like that, then after that breakup, you know, I had a year of college as a single person. And so I dated a couple people. There were a couple people, you know, like on my hall that I was, you know, we'd spend pretty much, we'd see each other all the time. We'd do homework together. We'd go to the cafeteria together sometimes, you know, but we had our own lives Mm. and, but we'd also hook up on like weekends when we felt like it or even weekdays. So like that was something that, you know, I had been growing with two or three different people over the course of that year. And so when I started my open relationship in January of, I guess this was 2011, um, I basically had to say to my partner, you know, like I have these people in my life that are friends. I care about them. We're intimate. And if I'm going to start a relationship with you, I don't want them to, I don't want to just tell them to like Mm. peace out because like this new partner of mine was long distance. And so I was like, I'm not about to start a long distance exclusive relationship when I have these other partners who are, you know, extremely, you know, good to me and caring people who are not threatening to a relationship. They're like, they're not looking for, if I asked them at any given point, if they wanted to be in a relationship, they'd be like, Steve, what the hell are you talking about? Like, go away. So like, it was one of those, you know, like we were very compatible for the things we chose to be compatible in, but they did not want anything romantic. Like we were, it's our, you know, we were second semester seniors. The last thing they want is to get into like this serious relationship with just, just to graduate and then find ourselves on the other side of the world. So like, um, basically I started that open relationship that that's where the grandfather in came from. Like I had to ask my partner, Hey, can I grandfather in these three people? But was it like, you can't also add new partners. So it's only the one, the pre-existing conditions. Um, well, those are the known knowns. Any new partner, I have no idea what they're going to want, but like, my perspective. Right, but like the the partner you were trying to clear this with, the new one, yeah. was it like, hey, I won't start any other new sexual relationships, but like these ones are kind of here to stay, or was it just that was what began a so full open thing? There were three that were there to stay. There were at least one or two that I knew I wanted to still, you know, explore before the end of the year. It was yeah. people I hadn't yet done anything with, but we had been making eyes for like two years, sure. and so. Um, my my prospective partner at the time, she's like, all right, like I I'll see your three people and I will, I raise you, not even raise you, but more acknowledge. Like that means I get my three too. Should I choose? She didn't have any at the time. And so we're like, Oh shit. Now you have like, so it wasn't just like these three known knowns. Now there's three slots for unknown unknowns, but she's girlfriend. And this is the first time you have like, you have girlfriends, so to speak. Yeah. We were we're also like, she's going to go also bang these other dudes possibly. And was that like your first having your first time having to even deal with that? Yeah, it was hard. It was t- absolutely terrifying. What was because, that like for you? Um, well, I had even going into that relationship, I had only ever had monogamous relationships, mm-hmm. and so once I'm ready to call it a capital R relationship, it was assumed monogamous. And so, in this case, this was the first time where I had to say, "Okay, that I, I had this like really serious conflict where I was really confused, like." If I want this to be, because I didn't know what non-monogamy was, I didn't mm. know that that was an option. I never heard of any other relationship permutations outside right. of just relationship like, equals monogamous, or it's right. a, like the options on the table at the time were relationship or not relationship. And I didn't want a not relationship because I really like this person and I wanted to like invest in her and get to know more about her. And like you know, we had spent forty hours g chatting before our first date. And then our first date was like seventeen You're such hours a programmer. long. Programmer. <laughs> our first date was seventeen hours long. 
What? That's so exhausting. It was amazing. Oh, God. And then we, we knew. What date like, could possibly be 17 hours long? So, a named person. <laughs> you are curled up in a delightful ball uh, after riding the motor bunny. <laughs> and you said, hey, can we write it a review? And I said, you could, no. you could tell. How, how, how do you feel right now? <laughs> I don't know. I feel very flustered, and I feel like my body is throbbing. And it's like, it's like, I need to just be in a little ball. How how do you feel about the motor bunny? I feel like, I feel like I have to do anal next time we do that. Like at the same time, or have the motor bunny in you? No, no. I want you in my ass. Mm. But I want. I want that to be happening again, but like, yeah. you know, I feel like it's going to ruin sex for me. Possibly. That's the endorsement. The motor bunny, it'll ruin all other sex. <laughs> I feel like I'm ruined. This is not a great review. This started so well. How's your pussy feel right now? Amazing. That I can tell you 10 out of 10. Like, that's like positive review. (laughs) Do you want your or your partner's pussy to feel amazing? Or fellas, I can attest that you can use this on yourself and it feels really fucking good too. Uh, Go get yourself a Motor Bunny at MotorBunny.com. You can get $50 off when you use the promo code MANHOR. At checkout. Again, that's motorbunny.com, promo code manhor for $50 off. Now let's get back to the show. Tell me, I want to know how good this was. How good was this date that was 17 hours? Um, I've, I've, I'm the type where, like, I, when I realize I'm, like, gonna fall in love with a person, like, I'll usually know that first or second date. I'll just be like, mm, this is real. Like, this is gonna be a thing. And I want to spend so much time, 17 hours. But after, like, you know, six hours, I'm like, this is good. Let's. You know, I'll I'll see you very soon. I'll see you tomorrow. But seventeen, what do you do for seventeen hours? Um, I've always, I guess, designed my dates to be kind of chapterized. So every new writing a fucking novel. It's like in a every, day. Every single, not even a day, it can go multiple days. But like, you know, every new experience we incorporate into the date is another chapter. And so you can have chapters where it's simply a let's take out our phones and have a breather for a moment because like in this day and age it's kind of we call that an intermission yeah (laughs) so i guess that would be is it do you have intermissions in books though i think no but you you have intermission in this date for sure the short chapter (laughs) so so but yeah yeah that's the one we're like why is this one three pages that's so strange um what so wait what tell me more about this day like what what would you do on the date that's what i'm curious about um because i'm sure you didn't plan it to be 17 hours i'm sure you planned like one or two things Oh, no, no. And then it... What? (laughs) We planned it so that it could unfold in a number of different possible ways, but we kind of had our own senses of the things we wanted to incorporate. So it's like a grab bag where, based on how long any given thing takes, you can either add or omit other things. So what did did y'all do? So we met up at a train station um, in Philly, and... It was interesting because that was 40 hours of G-chatting followed by meeting up at a train station where it's like it was our first time in person. We knew Mm. we were compatible in pretty much every other way, but we didn't know, you know, like, are we scent compatible? Are we going to... Scent compatible? Scent compatible, touch compatible, like the things Ah. that you can't learn 
through the internet. The thing that breaks the computer when you try to figure it out. It's just like, it doesn't know. You can't like breathe into your laptop and... Not yet. Oh, God. Not yet. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I could have like sent her a, like an old t-shirt and had her smell it, but... That, that that's a separate story but even if that like does make it click that's almost like concerning yeah. you'd be like uh, you send her the t-shirt she's like oh i love this man be like well now i'm concerned that you love me through a t-shirt <laughs> so we we knew that we were compatible in most ways we that that first touch though was like a really important mm-hmm. one because we, we even acknowledged this ahead of time we're like what if we what if we don't like each other's scent what if we try to like hug and it's terrible and so we're like, oh shit, this is gonna be scary, but we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna, we're gonna blaze our trail forward. So we start off with like a hug, just a long, deep hug to suss that out. Sure. So it worked out really well. Um, and then we started wandering around Philly. Um, there was a, because we both kind of recognized early on that we're rather sexual beings, um, and we're just like interested in those in things in that realm. So it's not like we're just walking around looking at trees or people watching. We also were touring all of the sex shops in Philly and finding out like, are there fun things we can try on that we haven't even seen before? Um, Are there shops that have, you know, interesting themes that we, at which hour in the 17 hour date did y'all finally like uh, do some, do some things, do the naked stuff Uh, that came significantly later. Significantly. Okay. Yeah. So the, I mean in the date. Sure. So it was more, we were touring sex shops. We were, eating at this one restaurant that was the same name as her favorite book. Um, we went to see Black Swan, which was kind of an interesting first date. Jesus. I mean, like, I never recommend movie dates to anyone unless... On, for a first date. Well, it can be a chapter in the date. Uh-huh. If it's going to dominate the narrative of what the date was, I would question, like, what have you actually learned about your partner? Like, if it's a chapter, then you can meet up... Like, after the movie, you talk about it for another couple hours. Or if you do something you can, else before, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also I have the same opinion on, like, uh, dinner. Anything uh, uh, that's going to interrupt your capability to have a conversation about anything... Fucking don't do that first date. You know, that's that's risky. It's also like, for me, I'm not typically one who uses dating as a means of romantic escalation. Mm-hmm. So I think that if your date is only designed to escalate romantically, then it doesn't leave you enough moments of getting to know who this person is as an individual, as someone who's not directly a romantic prospect of yours. And I feel like it's incredibly freeing for people you date to be able to treat them as an individual first and not strictly as someone whose only value to you is their, you know, desirability romantically because that like people know when you're treating them that way, they know when you're just pushing to escalate and you're not, you know, giving them the time of day to just be themselves. Yeah. And so I, I like to design dates in a way that don't only like if you just do a drink state on a Friday night, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what is the success case for a drink state? It's not that you go home separately. So, like, but that's but that's different for me. I mean, at least, I, and I'm a fucking weirdo. I know I'm not like your typical dude guy or something. I do. I like doing drink state, and I can substitute that with coffee. I just want something where we can like talk and see like, do we can we only talk well for like a half hour, or do we accidentally talk for three hours and go fuck? I'm late for the thing. Like that's what I'm about. I'm usually like trying to get a kiss at the end of the first date. Like if I if I get a kiss, like that's usually more along the lines of like where I'm measuring the sex, uh, the success. Uh, see, uh, that was that was you know Freudian slip. Um, that that's really what it is for me because then I can. That's how I'm measuring their interest level, or if they're very explicit verbally about their interest level. 
if we have a first date and we talk for three hours and it's like, oh, this is amazing, and I leave, and you very specifically go and hug and are not don't seem interested in kissing me yet, then I think, oh, I guess she wasn't like attracted to me. But if she will clarify that, whether it's a text or before, if she goes like, oh my gosh, I was really into that, I really can't wait to see you again, then that that would also be a success for me. You don't have to go home. To, for me, you don't have to go home together to after a drink for it to be like successful. I just need to know that I made a connection that we're both really excited about. Yeah. I think for me, it's more, I just don't want to make either sexuality or romantic intent, the entirety of the date. Mm -hmm. You know, I I want it to be something where I can actually incorporate this person into my network in a way that, you know, is respectful of who they are, what they want to be, is cognizant of like i just want to know like what they're going through what is their what like, give me a snapshot of their life and you don't oftentimes get that when dates are designed primarily to as like a vehicle toward increasing uh sexual intimacy mm-hmm. or any kind of physical intimacy you're so, like, really good with date ideas um I remember that from our conversation last year and when, when we've been on the same panel for Great Love Debate. Uh, you have these like really good uh, date ideas. Uh, like you had that one where you was like we walked all the bridges mm-hmm. from like Manhattan to Brooklyn, right? And you had like other ones. What are some of like your good date ideas that you've done? Because um, that, that, that feeds into this whole you like to make you tailor it for them. Like if you know that they like a thing, you seem to be the guy who's like, I'm going to go find a thing that matches your interest. So we're doing something interesting yeah. or unique to you rather than a date that I'm plugging you into. I am plugging a date like into us or something. Yeah. And it's not just. Um, I mean, I, I totally agree on that. I think it's it goes even deeper. Um, because a lot of times my dates will have moments interspersed in between them where the person I'm on the date with will also either go on another date. <laughs> like This is just like the interlude section or they'll meet up with a friend and then suddenly that friend will be part of the date and not in, it, it stops being a date date, but now it's like, it's still us interacting. So I'll give an example. Um, I just had a, I went down to DC to see a new partner. I'd only gone on, I think one date with her in New York when she was visiting and then she was living in DC. So I went down to see her. Did you, now, to interrupt you, did you match with her on like a thing when she was in New York? Like what made you go on a date with her while she's in New York, even though she lived in DC? I think it was, we definitely matched. I forget whether it was like Coffee Meets Bagel <clears throat> or OKQ. Okay so some sort of app. But then what's the intention then? Like when you match with someone who's from another city that is temporarily in your city for a weekend, a week, a day. I don't usually think like, oh, this person's looking for like a serious romantic connection because like they're only here for two days. Is that a similar thing there or? I think you just need more information to work with. Mm. I mean, that, that might be like a relatively safe starting assumption, but it's also one that can blow up in your face. Do you ask? Did you, I mean, did you ask this woman? Did you say like, hey, so you're here. What you doing? Combing through Coffee Meets Bagel or whatever if you're only here for two days or? Um. Or a week. Yeah, the first couple of things I found out is that she was actually visiting town to date one of my friends. Huh? <laughs> and so, so she traveled here for a date. Yeah. For her own long distance date. Was that a first date? Uh, not a first, but I think it was early. So she traveled up to go on a date with your friend, and then at the same time she was showed still up. I think it was Tinder, cruising. actually. So, um, but it was interesting because we basically ended up ma- meeting up to. She didn't have any, like, nights free. Okay. So we ended up meeting up to make dinner, 
with a friend of hers that was also visiting New York um, or maybe living in New York that she was also staying with something like that. There was some weird setup there, but we made dinner with my roommates and her and her friend. So that was like our first date. <laughs> but, but when but, you know, but you knew already she's not from here, right? Yeah. So did you, when did you clarify like, Hey, so like, why are you on, let's say Tinder like, are you looking for anything in particular here? Or, like, is it just this unspoken assumption of, hey, let me just go enjoy this event or whatever with this person and see where it goes? I think a lot of times people either don't know exactly what they're looking for or certainly won't necessarily tell you mm-hmm. right off the bat, especially if they can tell you're just fishing for whether or not this person's interested in easy sex. I think that's the thing that women are very annoyed by most of the time. Mm-hmm. The most common, like, even if you're on a sex app, half the time people are like, what are you uh, looking for on here? And it's like, dude, I'm on a sex app. What are you? <laughs> yeah. Like, so if you're on the pure, that, that's the pure app, which, you know, sponsored me for a while. The, well, that, that was the one question from other apps I never brought up here. Cause like, that was the whole point. We know why we're here. The only reason I ever, I'm usually curious to know if someone's like interested in something like specifically casual or specifically romantic is because I'm going to approach someone who's interested in possibly hooking up differently than someone who's looking to go like on a real date because you can't really flop back and forth. You can't go to like the casual date I have learned at least. And then try when you realize she's only interested in romance, you can't like also then try to backpack backtrack into that and vice versa, you know, because like the person who's just trying to hook up will, in my experience was turned off when I tried to be romantic and the romantic person who I tried to hook up with, uh, was turned off that like I was just trying to hook up with her. So I find like, I like to know so I can do the proper approach. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I disagree. Okay. Like I see where you're coming from, but it's not my approach. Sure. Um, my approach is, you almost, do that healthy thing where you just enjoy the experience. Fr- <laughs> I've been friendship first the whole way because for me, sexuality and any kind of sexual either compatibility or um, interactions like that's so much a conversational dynamic. And it's like finding out that someone speaks Spanish and you also speak Spanish. Like you don't necessarily start the conversation with Spanish. If you're on a Spanish speaking site, then Mm. you might start that way. But for a lot of the way I've approached sexuality, it's a matter of like, sometimes people don't want to speak Spanish or maybe they don't want to speak it with you. Maybe you're not a very good speaker and they're like, eh, it's annoying to have to speak with you this way. (laughs) I could do it to teach you, but whatever. Um, like sexuality has always felt like that. So like I have so many people in my life and this is partly what informs the relationship anarchy. Like there's so many people where we will know each other for five years and be completely platonic. And then one day, you know, just suddenly we realize like, Hey, we can actually speak this language of sexuality and it's now available to us. Maybe it wasn't available to us before because we were, you know, exclusively speaking it with someone else. And so I think in the case of this first date, like we start off with dinner, but we quickly realize like, through little glances and gestures and brushes of the arm, you like that there was a little bit more of like a fluttery flirty thing going on, even though everyone, like, I don't think anyone else noticed or maybe they did, who knows, but like it was a friend dinner. So we, you know, we were becoming civil, but then it was almost like role-playing once we kind of sussed out that like there was a little bit of interest here. There were little smiles. Like then we had a secret that no one else necessarily knew about. And so even though we are still like showing up as friends at this dinner, making food together, we definitely started like, being able to flirt a little bit more comfortably, but we then had to keep it. We didn't want our friends to see, right? You didn't away. want to be overt. Yeah. Cause now we had the secret. And so it was kind of interesting because as she was leaving, cause she had to go back with her friend, she you know brought, she's like, Oh God, we have to get up so early tomorrow. Cause my friend has work and I'm leaving. And I was like, Hey, you know, if you want to 
keep sleeping tomorrow, you can just come back here and, you know, I'll open the door. You can continue crashing with me because I'm not waking up anytime that early. And she's like, you know what? For an extra six hours sleep, like, I'll take it. Sure. And so, sure enough, at like seven in the morning, she shows up and we just continue sleeping. <laughs> like, it was a really, and we, we like diddled a bit there too, but like, there was just this wonderful acceptance of like, hey, like, I get that you're going to be tired. And so, I saw an opportunity to say like, hey, I can literally offer sleeping space for a tired person. But it's also like I knew that we'd also have an ability finally to be private and see a little bit more of like where that conversation will go. And also like that with, you know, at the dinner, because even though it was a friend dinner and you all kind of acknowledge, you know, I'm assuming that flirting in the app maybe wasn't as overt. Uh, There wasn't much flirting. Right. It was just kind of. You get you feel safe making an advance at the dinner because you know there's at least a physical interest because you all match that on an app. Man, you just take things so low key and low pressure, like a healthy person, not like me who has to overthink everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know that I, I probably overthink most things. Yeah, um, but I think the general rule of thumb that I follow is always friendship first. Like I want to, like if I know what this, if I'm friends enough with this person to have them be able to talk comfortably with me about who they're dating, who they want to date, what their sexuality is telling them right now, what kind of things they've explored. Like you can have that conversation with anyone without needing to have any overlay of romantic or sexual interest mm-hmm. in them. You know, like that's the thing friends always talk about. Like they shit talk other people they're dating. They, you know, like they have those kinds of conversations. And so for me, like I like to be able to have those kinds of conversations, even with people I meet on a dating app, because it's showing like, hey, I care about you as a person first and foremost. And then whether or not we are compatible, we still get to suss out. And maybe we won't be for another couple of years. Who knows? But the fact of the matter, like the thing that's most important to me is having this person come away knowing that I've genuinely cared about them as a person, not just as an object of my romantic attraction. Now, if I'm at a party, a normal party, not like the the, the type of parties we might maybe go to sometimes. Um, <laughs> if I go like a normal person party thing, um, I can do that. Like if I meet a, a woman at a party and we're just talking, like I'm, I actually am always assuming that she's not interested in me because i'm like i ate dominoes yesterday there's no way she's interested in this um i ate dominoes yesterday i'm very ashamed uh she so i i can do that when i meet in a party setting but you know i have very hard time trying to go let's say this friendship first mentality when i meet someone through an app or if i connect on an app because my mind maybe this is a wiring thing you're smarter than me you you'd let me know but i think i i match on a tinder i match on a bumble I think okay, I'm wired for like this is I'm I'm in flirt mode. I am in is this like a sex or a dating mode? I'm in I'm in that realm. But at a party, like yeah, I'm going friendship first, and like if something accidentally happens, fabulous. But you know, again through an app, like my mind's like in a in a zone because that's where I am. I think it strongly depends on what app you're in. If you're in a sex app, then sure, it's perfectly reasonable to assume that flirtation and sexual I'm only on Tinder Bumble basically I, when I'm not using pure to to okay. maybe hook up. I mean I think there's something to be said about how anomalous it might be to be the person looking for friendship on Tinder or Bumble yeah. because I feel like that almost puts you a leg up because then you're not going to be the person saying nice tits. You're not going to be the person immediately trying to get in someone's pants and trying to say oh you're so beautiful, you're so attractive, you're so gorgeous. Like women get this all the time mm. and they just write it off. They'll either immediately block you or be, you know, like mildly entertained, but more just like showing it to their friends. Like, look, this is like 
number 50 who said i'm gorgeous today you know like it doesn't actually accomplish much and then when you actually say like hey i saw that you were interested in this concert or this like band i know they have a concert coming up next weekend is that something you were planning to go to i'm already planning to go yeah and if you want to join forces we can do it like that's and a you completely open, different approach and we talked about this last year you open up with that first second message when if you like if you gave i think this concert example you'll be like if i see the concerts coming up i will invite them to the concert like first second message boom like let's get offline yeah, I think you all, you have to know that your profile can back you up because yeah. and and your photos too. Like if you have creepy photos in a creepy profile or blank on any, like you, you suddenly will not be able to say that kind of a message and have someone trust you. Mm-hmm. Like your profile has to immediately inspire trust, and I think that's something that I've worked a lot toward uh, for myself and also for my clients. Like making sure that they know and understand that if you as a male-bodied person want, and especially heterosexual, if you're trying to market your profile to women you should never ask your bros for advice you should never you should put up a panel of the top you know like five or ten women who you find attractive that you know who would like people in your demographic ideally it could be exes it could be people who like will give you that honest and critical feedback and say hey like we're looking at your profile here this one makes you look like an idiot this photo makes you look like a creeper stalker this line of your profile makes you seem like an asshole so like is that who you want to be? Cause that's what we're getting here. And then like, let them, you know, discuss amongst themselves. What would be the best version of describing you? And like, obviously you can do the work too of like trying to put forth the content first so they can analyze and edit it as opposed to making them write the profile for you. But I think it can be so powerful to be able to like, they understand what it's like to be a, you know, female bodied person on a dating app. They know what they're dealing with. And so they'll help you cultivate a profile that will not sound so, terrible to them yeah well when you were talking about like uh when you mentioned oh you know i see like this band you know they have a concert come up now what do you give a recommendation to to a man or to a woman who wants to have a somewhat unique-ish opening something tailored to that person and this person has nothing in their bio blank bio or just uh just looking for a good time in New York City, whatever, something bland, something like where you have nothing to work with. And assume that their pictures also have nothing. They don't even wear a Mets cap where you can like at least pretend maybe she likes sports ball. Um, you, have, you got nothing to work, go off of. What, what's your recommendation? I usually do one of two things. Either one, just ignore it. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be a waste of time trying to, you know, form something out of nothing. Uh, I guess three options. So that's one. Two is have a profile that's compelling enough and has enough calls to action that this person, if they have any degree of attentional interest in you, like they're going to like look at your profile, that they'll have something to immediately be, immediately say, hey, like that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, can we talk about that? And the third thing is just send a GIF. Just <laughs> so send a GIF? Yeah. Like, then it's like, Was that it's, the third one you came up with? Like actually there's three? No. Okay, okay, okay. And so that's just one of your defaults. Hey, send a gift. You can't go wrong. Well, it costs both parties very little. It's mildly entertaining. And a lot of times you can get into a gift war, which is kind of fun, because then you do get to see a little bit of their personality. Like, if their gift game is strong, then, you know, like, and we're, we're saying G-I-F, not gift. Yeah, gift, gift. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like, sometimes you can see, like, oh, they actually do have a really cool personality here. It's coming through very strongly in like the nuances of the gifts they've chosen. And there's some like very good ones that you can always send that like, sure. I, I find to be good conversation openers. Any recommendations? Um, I know whenever people 
ask me what it's like to be an online dating consultant, my first response is the gif of someone trying to shove a banana at a cat's face and the cat's like swatting at it and being like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so like I say, I try to reduce the incidence of this in our species. So sure. like I don't want so many men waving their dicks in women's faces <laughs> trying to get attention. So if I can reduce that, then I've done a good job here. Um, I assume your bio says like online dating consultant or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. But one, if you're not a consultant, you don't have bio to work with there. Then like, I think a fun one is um, there's the birds of paradise the, where it's like courtship ritual is that it like spreads its wings and starts like dancing side to side in this like hypnotic way. And it's, it's really yeah. awkward, but there's also like, there's multiple parody versions of that where like a man walks up to a woman and tries to get her number or something. And she just like turns into a bird and starts dancing in his face. <laughs> so like there's, there's cute ones that are like, it's, show it's making fun of courtship and the fact of courtship rituals um so in my new single dome I, i'm definitely going to take this uh using gif like uh recommendation and 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 see how that goes when i when i'm <clears throat> at loss for what to say although i do I've, I've switched to use bumble more so now that like i don't have to uh that's that's just been more my thing i've been I, on tinder less for that reason bumble still frustrates me a bit because of the fact that it just basically lets women be the ones to send the shitty messages. So you still get like 80% hey or hi or how are you? How was your week? And it's just like, this I'm, is not what I'm here for. Right. But at the same time, I want them to at least know the frustration. Oh, yeah. Of, because <laughs> how often is it that it's not that you just went with hi. You sat there. You try to thought what would be a good opener. You think real hard. Maybe you wait till the end of the day. But I'll send something later. And then you're like fuck it. I can't think of anything. I'll just say hi. Uh, I want them to know that frustration of like, I can't, I got nothing. Here's the hay. And a lot of thought went into settling for hay. Uh, but I mean, also I'm not usually in that position. Cause like my bio says like I host a sex podcast. <laughs> so I would say at least half of my Bumble opening messages say, so what's a sex podcast? Or tell me about this, this yeah, podcast yeah. thing. Yeah, it's definitely like when your bio does the work for you, yeah. life gets so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything much. interesting, guys, even if you work just in finance, and it's not something that's super like OMG, you know, you can put something about your hobbies. You know, when people say, what do you do? How it's always, what do you do for work? But like that doesn't, it doesn't have to be that you can say, what do you do? And the answer could be like, I like to go rock climbing on the weekends. You know, we never really think about that. We always focus on like, what do you do as a job? So you could also put any- be creative and hyperbolic about your boring job. So like, sure. if you work in finance, you can say, I slay the demons on Wall Street or something like that. You know, like, yeah, it's and with a get with a gif with like some sort of slaying demon gif. There you go. Yeah. And that's a good starting point. So, I mean, like there's a lot of those kinds of opportunities, even if you feel like you don't have that many interesting things going on. You know, you can take a blank wall and turn that into something interesting just through a little bit of creativity. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we have that potential. We just need to, you know, exert it a little bit or practice it. Right, right. Uh, I forgot what, like, uh, what, what, how we branched off into that. Well, we were originally, I was describing a date in D.C. Right, right. We kind of got into, like, how we met, what we were talking about. Um, And 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 I was mentioning how you can, how you're able to go into that online, to that Tinder date where you're almost not even treating it like a date. You're like, it's a friend date. And if, and then it, you know, goes into more, but you, Oh yeah. Because you have interesting first date ideas. So what was, when you went down to DC, what was like that real first date? Like idea. It was our second date by then. Okay. Um, but it was kind of interesting because I told her like, I'm coming into DC. I'm here to see you, but I'm also here to see another partner of mine. So like I made it pretty clear, you know, 
Like there's, there are other people in the city that I'm here for, but I definitely want to make time with you. Um, and then she said, you know, I'm free these days. You could swing by and we could plan something for those. And so I said, okay, let's do that. So the date that we decided on, we met up and immediately started wandering through a couple different, um, I think it was an art gallery. And then we realized that it was a really nice day out. And so we, the next chapter, we went into Georgetown and we actually had some work that we wanted to get done. And so we wandered a little bit. Then we found a really cute coffee shop with good Wi-Fi. And so we actually just broke out our laptops and started working for probably like two, three hours. Um, and then the shop closed. So we're like, okay, where do we go next? And we had the option of going back to her place, but we we're like, you know, it's, it's a really nice night now. So, and we're in Georgetown. So we wandered the waterfront and we ended up walking from Georgetown all the way across, like along the waterfront until we got to the national mall. Is that long? I don't know. Um, yeah, it was, uh, several miles. Oh, so that's, you know, that's like an hour or two walk. Yeah. Um, and then it ended up hap- just so happening that like there was this really like moving exhibit on, um, cancer happening on the national mall where these, like everyone put these like little paper bags with candles in them and sand, um, to showcase like a member of their family or someone they care about that's like suffering through or has recovered from cancer. And so it lined the entire mall. And so we had this moment of like, we went from you had a cancer moment on your date. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone, if you can figure out and incorporate cancer on a date, (laughs) Oh God, you know, go for it. It's, (laughs) um, but then we, after that, we were hungry because we hadn't had food in a while. So we ended up going out for dinner. Um, and then from there, we went back to her place. And the following morning, she had a friend coming in to town from you know, somewhere in Europe. And it was really interesting because we didn't want to like stop seeing each other because we, you know, it was my one time in D.C. that I would actually get to see her. And so she's like, oh, well, you probably like my friend anyway. So... Just like stick around, and when he comes, we'll you know bring him into it. Uh, and so she, like, he arrived. He's like, he took a shower. I took a shower, and then we were just like, all right, let's go have a picnic. And so we got in a lift, and well, we went to Safeway first. <laughs> we just got all this food. Um, then we took it down to the, I think it was the Jefferson Memorial, um, and it was really cute. Like it was, we, all but you guys got like freestyled your way to this date. Like it wasn't like we are gonna then do like we're gonna do this that oh, then yeah. picnic. You kind of started with one activity and you allowed yourself the time and um, the creativity to freestyle whatever the date becomes. Yeah, and we just kept basing it a little bit on like what are the time pressured things that we need to work through that we can potentially stack nicely into the date. You know, it was not like we had, oh I have work to come up so I'm gonna leave now goodbye like see you sometime later. And it was like, no, like, let's just do the work. We'll do work together. Hmm. Um, and then, oh, I have a friend coming. Usually I'd be like, okay, friend's coming in from out of town. I'm going to peace out now because like, you're the guy I'm on a date with. That's weird to meet my friend. Like, that's what most people would feel. And instead, we were like, no. They, she's like, no, you actually like this person. This would be a really fun opportunity for all of us to hang out together. Mm. Um, and then we had a good picnic together. Uh, and then from there, I left and went to go see my other partner. But like, it was just... That ended up, starting you know at probably around noon one day and then didn't end until like 7 p.m the next day wow so like just around the clock you know that was over 20 what was that like almost 30 hours for that date you are a marathon dater so i mean i you date the way i gamble you're like i'm ready i'm ready for a 13 hour (laughs) session let's do it (laughs) 
but it doesn't cost much. That's dating yeah, yeah, can well, be really cheap if you're just like wandering and doing work. And <laughs> oh, yeah, no, gambling is way more expensive. Don't worry, yeah. I know. <laughs> I think the total cost for that entire date was like thirty bucks. So that's like, fantastic. Yeah, that's like over the course of two days. Well, and and you've had the. What are some other like interesting first dates that you've like come up with based off of again like maybe even limited information from say a profile or just a little bit of conversation. What have you done to do something more creative than just, hey, let's get drinks, let's get, let's sit in a park? Um, so it really depends. Like the thing that I don't like to do is over design things. Okay. So I don't want someone to feel that they are, like, if I put so much work into meticulously curating this date, like, if anything comes up, they're going to feel really bad backing out. You don't want an itinerary. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want them to feel like there isn't flexibility for them to be able to say, hey, you know, like, I got to go take a shit for the next hour. Like, they, <laughs> they got to do it. Then we'll make, like, that's a chapter. <laughs> it's, Is like, that something that happens? I mean, if you're together for 24 hours, I hope it might. Well, yeah. Well, how about, <laughs> let, let's, let's get a little more accessible. Let's talk about dates that are, like, your average person's date length. These, maybe like uh, maybe where are some of these like, what are these interesting first dates you've had that are less like the uh, of an, an immersive experience <laughs> <laughs> and have, or more like a date like like that bridge date where you guys walked all the bridges mm-hmm. and then I, one of the bridges at the top there was some sort of coffee shop or something right yeah, yeah. yeah like that when you told me that I was like oh fuck that's cool it shows you're knowledgeable about New York City it gives you time to pretty much just talk but you still feel like you're doing a thing mm-hmm. like walking the Brooklyn Bridge uh, and then there was you know, there's something to eat or drink at the end yeah um, let's see I did two dates this summer where like I picked a park that I really wanted to walk through or like mm-hmm. a hiking trail something like that um, so for this one person like she didn't have much in her profile but she did say that she liked hiking and I, like that was the only word I had to really go off of that was like a point of intersecting interests. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even know like what kind of hiking she was talking about. And so the first message was like, hey, what kind of hiking are you talking about here? Are you like the kind who has your own hiking shoes and special backpack with a camelback and you know, you're going on like 20 mile hikes? Uh, or are you the kind of person who goes up to you know, Fort Tryon Park or even Central Park and calls that a hike? Yeah. Um, and if you're a New Yorker, you know, walking that very, very low incline in Central Park can feel like a hike. Oh, man, it ruins you. <laughs> no, but um, so she said, like, she's somewhere in between. She doesn't have that much hiking gear, but she is a fan of, like, you know, eight plus mile hikes with, like, little rock scrambles here and there. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, well, okay, what's the next one on your list? Because, like, I'm totally up for that. I can't think of many. Like, I had one or two that like, someone had mentioned before and I wrote down. Uh, and she, then she came up with one. And so I said, oh, like, that's actually perfect. Let's, you know, pick a Saturday or Sunday and just go and do it. Um, so that w- it was that easy. Like, it wasn't like, that, that date itself. I mean, we, it was it, it was a commitment. This was a little bit more intense than a standard chapter date where, like, the chapters are relatively short. You can leave at any point. This is one where, you know, we're taking a train for an hour north, if not longer. And then we're on a trail for, like, three, four hours then probably going to be hungry afterwards. So we'll have food and then back on the train. But like, it would be really awkward to leave early because you're like saying like, peace out, like find a train back yourself. I want to leave this date so badly. I will look up a train schedule. <laughs> have you ever my... tried to read a train schedule? It's I I'd rather I, I could more easily read Sanskrit uh, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> especially the Metro North. Yeah. 
It's just like, what? Huh? What's a peak? Off peak? I don't understand. Here's my money. And Google's like, yeah, I can't help you there, bro. <laughs> That's the one thing Google doesn't know. <laughs> it's how to read the MTA North schedule. <laughs> um, it, it was interesting. That was supposed to be our first date. And then we had an accidental first date instead, like earlier. Because a person I actually met off of, it was so funny. I met someone on a sex app on Pure. On Pure. And when you say the sex app, like, are there other sex apps? It's okay. They're no longer like a full-time sponsor. So like we can mention others. <laughs> um, I don't, I mean, there are definitely, but I don't know. Besides how, Craigslist, like, is there yeah, anything there, else that's like really functional? There aren't many that are really good and that have people who get it. A lot of times, like a lot of the sex apps are just kind of made to like prey on male sexual energy yeah. and male money. So like male money, like most of the time there aren't many women on them, if any women at all. Yeah. And men are going on there to talk to bots. So that's like, why I'm impressed by with pure because like the, there are people like I still see plenty of women on it, not like all flooded in any particular market. But like I've I've met up with two different women from the thing. I was like I feel like that's two more women than your average guy on the pure app. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it's probably rare for the average person to meet people. But I've I think I've met four or five people now. Um, but Steve, we're above average men. Um, like, <laughs> I mean, it, you're very smart, and I stumble my way into these experiences. The thing about pure is that it almost doesn't matter. Because it's the one app I've ever encountered where if you open your conversation with a dick pic, the woman will be more likely to be like, yeah, that I kind of expect. Like, the only variable here wasn't whether we're going to have sex. It's whether or not you have a dick that I want inside me. Right. <laughs> and so if you open with that, they'll be like, yep, send it over. You know what? I have not opened <laughs> so, with dick pics on Pierre. And I wonder if that would get... So, I've, you tried to use like witty responses. Maybe I... And then they would immediately leave the conversation. Maybe I should have shut my dumb mouth and just like set my dick over. So it's, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend it, but I have... And I'm not even... Like, this is not me just conjecturing. Like, I was actually with a female friend of yeah. mine who was trying pure for the first time. And she's like, yeah, I'm feeling horny. Like I'm coming down from Molly. So like, I still want male attention. I want some attention. I want action here. And so did you wave your hands? Like, hi, look over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was kind of like a, almost a foregone conclusion that we would, like we have a relationship where we're like, we can do anything we want whenever we choose to, Mm -hmm. but we don't feel any explicit pressure. And we also generally encourage each other to have other partners. So like, we also, if there's the opportunity to bring someone else over, then that'd be interesting for us too. So like, I'm certainly encouraging her to try it out. And so she, um, got on the app and she's just like, yeah, I, I, I like all these men start messaging. Hey, what are you looking for? What are you here for? Hey, what's up? And she's just like, no, no. Like it's two in the morning. I'm coming down from this trip. I need fast action here. Like, I don't want you to dick around. I want the dick. I just want to see the, like, I want to know what I'm getting into. Like if you're two, if you're two miles away and I see your dick and I want it, then like, you're in let's go so i when i heard that i like my jaw dropped because i was like i've never heard someone in my life say that they only wanted a dick pic as like the starting point so like that's i'm not i cannot recommend that in good faith sure to the average user but like on a sex app on a sex app it's two in the morning and you know like if someone's on there they probably i I would hope are looking for sex or something maybe just like chatty flirting something like that but even then if you open with a dick pic maybe they'll send boobs yeah you know i actually just got my first butt pick on bumble i was shocked i've gotten no nudes on bumble someone opened with a picture of her wearing like a nice thong yeah and the most beautiful thing about this is that my response was i you know i i think i've actually worn that same thong before (laughs) oh you didn't say a gif (laughs) no but her response was that was quite literally the last thing I expected to receive coming from someone on this uh, app. And then I sent the, I, I had the photo on my phone. So I sent the photo of me in the same thong and she's like, 
Are you fucking kidding me? And was she into it? Um, I, it's not that she was sexually into it. She just. So was she into you this, despite or because of that? She, she certainly continued the conversation. She was like dumbfounded. <laughs> Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. Yeah. This is the part of the show where I like to thank a couple of uh, the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. These are some stellar individuals who not only uh, download this podcast every week, but they hashtag pay for their content. What up? Um, Two very sexy women from two very different parts of the country uh, for this week's uh, fam moment. JJ out in the UK. Oh, thank you, gal. I can't do a British accent at all, but uh, uh, gosh darn, yeah, (laughs) oh God, did I really just attempt a British accent? Fuck me. JJ, thank you so much for your support. I'm happy to see the UK represented out there. And then I got Chrissy. We're going to say down south. Hey girl, hey, you rock. Let's just say that Chrissy uh, really likes to participate in Titty Tuesday in the Peep Show, our super secret kick group for Patreon members, yeah. And you too can become a member of our fan whore community for as little as $1. And that dollar goes a long way with the boy formerly known as Boy With Holes In His Shoes. You get access to all sorts of bonus episodes and community and other fun stuff. Head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Join up today. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Man Whore Podcast. Now back to me and Steve Dean. And if people want to like learn how to do that, I'm sure like they could like pay you to learn how to, right? Uh, between uh, online dating and do you do it? Do you do like relationship coaching at all stuff, or do you strictly keep it to the online dating um, consult no, consultations? I, I definitely go offline as well. Um, mm. So I think that's one of the more fun areas. Even like online dating, there's like a lot of like kind of pre-prescribed things you can do that, that will that's just, like math where it's yeah, like yeah it's here's like, the answer to this problem that you know it's just know your times tables know that like having shitty photos having a shitty profile tables. you're like those will screw you over you will end up in like the bottom 80 percent of people who just get swiped left on who no one wants to date because they have you know a shitty Do 80 percent of people get swiped left on i think there was an interesting stat that came out on tinder where it was like the top five percent of users have like 90 percent of all conversations <laughs> Oh, it was wow. like something like that where like they it was like really really sudden drop off where once you hit that like the 10th percentile like if you're anywhere below that then like you're just or like the t- yeah like the top 10 there's the top 10% who have most of the success in all of dating and the remainder basically either don't message or meet anyone. Oh man, I want to know where I I stack I up. Know, I because uh cuz I get I get a lot of con- I do a lot of conversations on these apps like when I'm on them and but you know i i probably don't deserve it so i'm very curious <laughs> that's crazy man well if people want to hire you as a as a you know an online dating coach or or to help um help with their offline dating as well where can they find you um easiest way is dateworking.com date and working together and date working it's spelled exactly how it sounds yeah. Um, and then that has options for, you know, just grabbing an hour of my time, grabbing a day, uh, really depends on what people need. And I also link out to things like, uh, guides to online dating. I have video tutorials on how to do, how how to navigate non-traditional relationships, how to handle things like cheating. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of cheating, like how to cheat or like how to deal with cheating. 
I mean, I guess. <laughs> I like how you're pausing. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've definitely consulted people who are midway through non-consensual relationships where like they're okay. in the process of either cheating or being cheated on and they need to know like how to respond or they don't know what to think. Okay. Um, and I've consulted for apps that help with uh, whether and any sort of like, not necessarily infidelity, but certainly apps where that can happen. Sure. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm familiar with the landscape. I'm very familiar with like what it's like to be in the mindset of either wanting to cheat or recoiling from having cheated or being cheated on. Like there's so many different, because that's part of relationships, you know, mm -hmm. infidelity is part and parcel of modern dating and has always been part of dating. You know, it's a thing that comes up whether accidentally or on purpose and it's something that sucks, but you know, there's a lot of nuance that goes into it and you can oftentimes learn so much from having that experience. I'm not, I'm not endorsing cheating. I'm saying like sometimes when like I, I've been cheated on before and I've learned so much about forgiveness and about how to like actually suss out what happened, how to create space for your partner to be able to still talk to you about it and not have that just end the relationship immediately to be able to like, I ultimately want to understand like, Hey, I respect you so much that like if you made that decision, then like I respect you enough to want to know like, what were the variables involved? Like put me in your situation. Like I probably would have done the exact same thing if I were you in that moment. So like help me understand what that actually looks like. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, for me, a lot of consulting is really helping people break down uh, what their current mental models are around dating, around relationships, around their self image, and then finding out like, is that the optimal one? Are there better ways of approaching this? Um, is there more possibility space than we are currently giving ourselves credit for? So if you think dating is just drinks or dinner, then yeah, there's a world of possibility outside of that that would make dating suddenly seem a lot more fun, a lot more freeing, and a lot more in line with who you are rather than just you know the standard, oh, I have to go do another date again. Great. Right, right. <laughs> Back to the dating game. Uh, like I've never felt that way. I, I love dating so yeah. much because it's just it's always endless opportunity for understanding other people's worlds. Fantastic, man. Well, the website's dateworking.com. Go check him out. Go follow Steve. Uh, Steve Dean on all the social medias. What is it? Stephen M. Dean, right? Stephen M. Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go check him out. And thanks for talking to me again, man. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Later. I got this tweet from uh, at Moldy Old Fart, which is not his name. That's just his Twitter handle. Says, uh, I have to say, Billy, you came off as awful thirsty in the Maya episode last week. Hmm. Well, dude, if you saw Maya, you'd be thirsty too. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing your tweets. I love seeing your tags, your emails. Hit me up, everybody. Uh, follow me on the social medias. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyPersita. Use the hashtag ManWhorePodcast. Let me know what you thought about the show. You can send your comments, your questions, or your booby pictures in long format to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Waking up to your emails is one of my favorite things. Join the conversation with your fellow fan whores on the Manwhore Podcast subreddit. There are individual comment threads for every episode. I also post links to articles I'm quoted in, other podcasts I've been on, and sometimes an exclusive picture or two. That's r slash Podcast for all you Redditors. Become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon. It's a great way to connect with other listeners, receive exclusive bonus content, and to support me, Billy Persida, your favorite man whore with a heart of gold. Join up today for as little as $1 at 
patreon.com slash man podcast that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash man podcast while you're trolling around all my social medias remember to go ahead and get yourself a man podcast t-shirt available only until december 5th keep calm and you know the words uh, you'll see a link to that in the show notes because teespring.com slash stay dash slutty. You know, that's too confusing to have to remember and type later. Just go to my social media, look in the show notes, you'll find it. For all of you wearing the shirt already, keep calm and stay slutty.